Kansei! Hello! You're listening to Achimowin on CJSR 88.5 FM, located in the city of Edmonton, which is on Treaty 6 territory, as well as Region 4 of the Métis Nation. This is a traditional gathering place for the Cree, Blackfoot, Nakota Sioux, Iroquois, Dene, Anishinaabe, Inuit, and others to whom we pay our respects and thanks. My name is Shayna Giles, and I'm of Métis descent. My pronouns are they, them. This week on Achimowin, we'll start by getting into some recent news and upcoming events before we head into our feature interview for this week. Last week, I spoke with Cheyenne Miko Kihu, the community liaison for the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society, about the E2S and some of their projects to celebrate the start of Pride Month and National Indigenous History Month. This week, we'll be continuing our conversation with Cheyenne and talking more about what it means to be Two-Spirit, the barriers faced by Two-Spirit people, and a bit of Cheyenne's journey as a Two-Spirit person. But before that, let's get into the news. Again this week, some news items will be mentioning the discovery in Kamloops and the subsequent responses by the governments of Alberta and Canada. If you're sensitive to this information right now, please feel free to tune out. The interview should start in the next eight minutes or so. So first up in recent news, Bill C-5 has received royal assent and will designate September 30th as a statutory holiday, the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. The bill was fast-tracked through Parliament in response to the discovery of the 215 children in Kamloops, and received royal assent after it was passed unanimously by the Canadian Senate. Bill C-5 is a fulfillment of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's Call to Action No. 80, which requests a day be officially recognized as a day for truth and reconciliation. When it comes to recognizing the day on September 30th, Canadian Heritage Minister Stephen Gilbeau said that the objective is to create a chance for Canadians to learn about and reflect, and to commemorate survivors, their families, and their communities. While the bill was unanimously supported in the Senate, Conservative Senate leader from Manitoba, Don Plett, questioned whether the designation was more than an empty gesture, stating that the government has been slow to implement the other 93 calls to action, including those about locating and commemorating grave sites at residential schools. Minister Gilbo stated that he hopes the day will be an opportunity for learning and reflection. The federal government currently has not announced any specific plans for commemorating the first Day for Truth and Reconciliation, but Gilbo said that the commemorations should be Indigenous-led. You can read more about the designation in CBC News. The 2021 election for the Office of National Chief of the Assembly of First Nations is officially underway, and the official candidates have been announced. Candidates running for the Office of National Chief include Roseanne Archibald and Alvin Fiddler from Ontario, Cathay Martin of Quebec, Kevin T. Hart of Manitoba, Reginald Bell Rose of Saskatchewan, and Jody Callahoo Stonehouse and Lee Crowchild from Alberta. You might recognize the name Jody Callahoo Stonehouse as the longtime host of Achimowin. To be voted in as National Chief, candidates will need to achieve a majority of 60% or more of the total votes cast. The election will be held on Wednesday, July 7th of this year, during the AFN Annual General Assembly, which is being held from July 6th to 8th. You can find the full list of candidates and learn more about the voting process by going to afn.ca. 
Alberta Premier Jason Kenney is facing backlash from Indigenous leaders and community members after he made statements about cancel culture in the wake of the discovery of the mass grave in Kamloops. In a press conference last week, Premier Kenney was asked about the proposed renaming of the former Langevin Junior High School in Calgary, as well as the ongoing debate around the removal or retaining of statues of John A. Macdonald. Langevin was a Conservative Member of Parliament and is considered an architect of the residential school system, and John A. Macdonald was responsible for Canada's widespread adoption of the residential school system. Premier Kenny stated that the removal of statues or the renaming of buildings is erasing the history of those figures rather than creating dialogue that would allow Canadians to learn and grow from past actions. In regards to the removal of names or statues memorializing the legacy of Canada's previous leaders, Premier Kenny stated the following, If we want to get into cancelling every figure in our history who took positions on issues at the time that we now judge harshly and rightly in historical retrospective, but if that's the new standard, then I think almost the entire founding leadership of our country gets cancelled. He went on to say that Canada should acknowledge both our achievements and our failures. In response to Premier Kenny's statements, Grand Chief of the Treaty 6 First Nations Vernon Watchmaker said that the statements were insensitive in the wake of the discovery in Kamloops, and that the statements contradict efforts towards understanding and reconciliation. Grand Chief Watchmaker's response came after the announcement of the dissolution of the agreement between the Confederacy of Treaty 6 First Nations and the Government of Alberta and he stated the following regarding the impact of Premier Kenny's statements. It confirms that the Treaty 6 Chiefs made the right decision to dissolve the protocol agreement that was made between the Confederacy of Treaty 6 First Nations and the Government of Alberta. You can read more about Premier Jason Kenny's statements in Windspeaker News as well as CBC News. In upcoming events, the Summer Solstice Indigenous Festival is now underway and will be running for the month of June and culminating on June 21st, which is also National Indigenous Peoples Day. Programming is being done virtually to accommodate for COVID-19, and this year the festival includes a number of different games, contests, crafts, and music across the month of June. As part of the festival, the Summer Solstice Indigenous Music Awards will be broadcasting from unceded Algonquin territory in Ottawa. The SSIMAs include awards for a variety of music artists, as well as awards for cultural contribution, significance, legacy, and social voice. The awards show itself will be two hours long, starting at 7.30pm Eastern Time or 5.30pm Mountain Time, and will feature the awards show as well as some live performances. So check out the SSIMAs online tomorrow, June 12th at 5.30pm. You can read more about where to watch the awards by checking out the festival on Twitter at Ottawa Solstice or at summersolsticefestivals.ca. That's it for recent news and upcoming events. So like I said before, our feature interview this week is with Cheyenne Miko Kihu, community liaison for the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society. Last week, I spoke with Cheyenne about all things E2S, and this week, we'll be focusing on Two-Spirit identities and some of Cheyenne's journey as well, since June is both Pride Month and National Indigenous History Month. Before we begin, though, I'd like to say that during this interview, we will be discussing adversity and barriers faced by Two-Spirit people. There will be mentions of past drug use, mental health, and body dysphoria in the following interview, 
So if you're going through that right now or have experienced that in the past, it's up to you if you'd like to keep listening. I do hope you stick around though, because the mentions are relatively brief and are important to the story we're discussing today. So without further ado, let's get right into the interview. Uh, so my name is Cheyenne Megokahale. Um, I use they, them, or she, her pronouns. Uh, and I'm from Edmonton, or, you know, it's colonially known as Edmonton. Um, uh, and I am the community liaison for the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society. How long have you been involved in the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society? And, and what has that experience been like for you? So I'm still fairly new with the organization. Um, the organization started in 2018. Um, and I started in February, so it's only been a couple of months that I've been directly involved with the organization, uh, but I've had a lot of acquaintances and friends that have been involved with, um, with the org, and so I've um, kind of had familiar familiarity with them for a few years. Um, so even though I've only been with them since February, I have found it to be like just an overwhelmingly positive experience. Um, it's like really emotional actually when I talk about my job and um, how lucky and privileged I feel to have this role because it's connecting me to my culture in a way that I've kind of always longed for. Uh, I grew up not on reserve. I grew up as an urban Indian as some people call them, um, but like an urban indigenous person. And so I grew up outside of my culture and like we would go to round dances or powwows, but um, you know, I didn't grow up on the land. I don't know how to hunt. I don't know much about ceremony. We didn't get rites of passage ceremonies or naming ceremonies growing up. Um, and so these are things that I now have access to. Um, and I mean, they, they were there for me prior to me starting this job, but um, the shift has been, uh, I, don't, I don't really have the words to, to describe it, honestly, how positive it's been in my life um, and just how beautiful it is to connect to other Two-Spirit people around Turtle Island who are also kind of in a similar position of like reconnecting and figuring out what that's gonna look like for them. And so um, it's been great. I'm, I'm proud of my job. I love the work that we do and uh, it's only gonna get better from here with the work that we have planned, so. So by this point, we might have some listeners who vaguely know what Two-Spirit means or this might be their first time really hearing from a Two-Spirit person. Uh, what does it mean to identify as two-spirit? That's a great question because um, a lot of people ask that. That's probably the, the biggest question that I get asked on a day-to-day -day basis. Of like, well, what does this even mean? Um, and the answer is uh, pretty complex. I don't know that I'm going to give you a straight answer that you're necessarily going to like. Um, but so the gist of like a two-spirit person is an indigenous tradition that um, basically recognizes folks that are outside of the binary. Uh, so two-spirit people generally transcend male or female. Uh, they might walk somewhere in between or have a whole separate gender or sexual um, identity altogether. Um, and generally two-spirit people prior to colonization were seen as um, quite special to their communities. Uh, we held, and I mean, I, I, I guess I should preface this by saying that I'm not a knowledge carrier. I'm not, I'm not an elder um, and I'm still new in my learning, uh, but for two-spirit people, um, they are, they were, they were 
people that held special roles in their society and in their nation. And so each nation is gonna have a different term for what a two-spirit person is. Um, in my language, uh, in Nehya Win or the Cree language, uh, we actually have eight terms for gender. So we have your typical, you know, male or man, woman, but then we also have um, six other genders. And each of those genders has their own teachings, their own roles and responsibilities uh, and ways that they interact with their community in the society. Um, and so these folks were special and loved and cared for. And it was just a normal part of our society that we had folks that transcended the like gender binary um, and that were like sexually diverse. But then colonization happened and colonization really did not understand these folks. So when they arrived on Turtle Island uh, and they saw folks um, living their best lives and uh, their minds couldn't really handle that. And so um, they needed to uh, label these folks. And so there was, um, as I mentioned, there's different languages have different terms for gender diverse and sexually diverse people. Um, but um, Colonizers just kind of labeled us with a really bad term, um, and the term is burdash. And so that's not a term that we no longer use. It's negative, it's a, it's a slur, it's derogatory, um, and it really is just like a effeminate person. It, it has no real cultural weight or bearing to it. Um, and so with colonization, there was this really big push towards homophobia and uh, push away from our two-spirit kin. And that led to an erasure of our people. So there's not a lot of written history as far as I'm aware around two-spirit people specifically. Um, and the, the term two-spirit is a fairly new term. It was only developed in the 90s, like the early 90s, uh, when a lovely elder named Myra had a vision in a pipe ceremony, and I might be butchering part of this, um, this story, as I, as I said, I'm still in my learning, um, but it was in the 90s, they had a conference, um, and they, they took this term, and it was agreed upon by a bunch of our uh, two-spirit elders who are at the top of our resurgence movement, not that it's a hierarchy or anything, but um, they're kind of like the leaders in the resurgence movement, and so it was uh, determined that this would be a term that we would use to erase the ugliness of Burdash and all the other slurs that are used for our community. So um, two-spirit people are gender diverse, they're beautiful, they have um, a special place in our communities, and now it's just about finding out what that place is and how that relates to contemporary society. So a uh, complex answer, uh, and depending on who you're talking to, uh, they might tell you something totally different. Um, but generally, two-spirit people are Indigenous, gender, and or sexually diverse individuals. You're listening to A Chimowin on CJSR. I'm your host, Shayna Giles, joined today by Cheyenne Miko Kihu, Community Liaison at the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society. So you identify as Two-Spirit. What has that journey of self-discovery been like for you? <laughs> um, I feel like I'm just still so deep in that journey that I just, like, it's hard to answer that. Um, so I've, like, I've always been queer. Um, I remember my sisters calling me Dyke when I was growing up. And, like, at that, I was, like, young, like, you know, under 10 at least. Um, and so how did you know something that I didn't know? Uh, and I was the tomboy at that point. So I was clearly already rejecting gender 
animals. And um, right from a very age, I kind of knew I didn't want children. I always knew there was something a little bit different. Um, and at 14 is kind of when I officially like came out. I, it, did, it was a gradual progression. I didn't have some big thing. Um, I think I remember sitting my biological mom down and being like, hey, I, I think I like girls. And her being like, you have sunshine girls on your wall. So obviously you do. Um, and realizing, oh, okay. So like my family is safe for me to talk about diversity. And um, that's something that I really appreciate because we have a long complicated history with my family. And so feeling like I had support uh, from a young age around um, being sexually diverse was, was really awesome. Uh, and so being Two-Spirit, that was this, such a new journey for me. I came out as Two-Spirit in about 2018, somewhere around there. So when I came out as Two-Spirit, uh, I honestly didn't really know what it meant. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, I was in university and I was hearing a lot of conversation about Two-Spirit. And I spent most of my time at McEwen um, in Kiowas Easton, the, um, the, the Eagle's Nest. Yeah, yeah, spending it in the education center. Uh, and I developed a family there. And like, really, that's where I started to get connected to my culture. I was able to sit in ceremony and get my ceremonial name. Um, and then my ceremonial name I actually took as my last name. So Miko Kihu, uh, which means blood eagle, um, was part of my ceremonial name. My ceremonial name came with Esqueo at the end, uh, which I tend not to use because it means woman and I don't re resonate with that. Um, but I had a last name that wasn't just like some guy my mom was married to and I never met him. So I didn't want that on my degree. And so McEwen helped me with um, getting my name. And so I was able to take that. But through my, all this is to say that through McEwen, um, I started to learn more about Two-Spirit, or at least hear more about Two-Spirit. I wouldn't say that I learned a lot about what it really meant to be. There's a knowledge carrier at Kiwashistan uh, named Roxanne Tatusis, and she's part of OKM, the Indigenous P-Plague, and she was really the, the person I talked to the most about, like, what is, is this something that could be for me? What, what do I do? And she has a Two-Spirit child. Uh, so she was very welcoming and loving and allowing me to talk through my stuff and um, eventually invited me to ceremony. And that was when eventually we got my name. And it was in another ceremony where I was sitting in the sweat lodge. I tell the story all the time because it really was impactful for me. Like I, I am emotional when I think about it. So sweat lodges are quite dark. You can't really see what's happening inside them. But I'm sitting in the lodge and uh, it was in one of the first rounds out of four rounds. And the elder, um, kind of out of nowhere, the disjointed voice says, like, does anyone have any questions? And I had already submitted my prayers and my protocol. And um, so I didn't really have any intention of asking the question. But it, it was just like, before I knew what was happening, it just flew out of my mouth. And I was like, how do I know if I'm Two-Spirit? And this is a question that I get asked all the time now in my job. And I remember, like, I just remember him saying, don't concern yourself with that. Like, don't, it was basically like, I don't remember word for word what he said, but I remember the feeling of what he said. And it was like, you're a woman, have babies. And again, I grew up knowing I did not want children. I have like, right from a young age, I was like, oh, does that to your body? Oh, and, and they're loud and they scream all the time. I don't want children. I love the children in my life, but I don't want one for myself. And um, so when he said this, I was just like, I was upset. Uh, and I started crying and I left the round um, 
and there's four rounds. And so we, there's a break in between each round. So I sat out and I'm crying and my friend is trying to console me. And I'm just like, that was just so awful. Like, am I supposed to just have babies? Like, because I have this like uterus, I'm expected to do this. Like this doesn't feel right. And um, I went back into the lodge and I finished the sweat lodge, but I cried like most of, most of the rounds. Um, and it just kind of hit me. Like it just, I just knew it. Like I came out of that lodge feeling rejuvenated, feeling like I got my answer by crying and sweating. I didn't need that person who might be coming from a place of like not love and not kindness, maybe a place of like misinformation and maybe some homophobia. And I'm not gonna say that that, like I don't wanna throw this elder under the bus or anything like that, but um, his words hurt me. And it's something I carry to this day in that I don't ever want another two-spirit person to feel like that, to feel like uh, you're meant to be one thing when really you know that you have a bigger, bolder path. Um, and so that's kind of been my journey is like, accepting that I'm two-spirit and then now accepting that I'm trans and that um you know I might not have body dysphoria with the exception of my uterus low with my uterus um but I I'm I'm proud to say that I'm trans I'm proud to say that I'm two-spirit and that I'm pansexual and that I'm indigenous and that all of those things are not mutually exclusive but they are and it's complicated and messy and um so it's been a journey and i'm still learning uh, i'm grateful that i have knowledge carriers in my life now where i can actually sit with them i mean once the pandemic is done um being able to sh sit and, on, and offer protocol and receive teaching so i was lucky enough to receive a two-spirit song recently um and uh that comes from leonard saddleback and passed to me from gabe calderon uh, so just like so many amazing people in my life now, Elder, Elder Ed Lavalli, getting to know him and his partner Lloyd. Um, so it's it's been a journey, all of the big long answer to say that it's um, been complicated and beautiful and hard and uh, I've loved every step of the way. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing your, a bit of your journey with me. Uh, I'm so glad you mentioned McEwen because that's sort of where uh, I learned that I was non-binary. It was the first point where I knew that that was an option. That was an option for me that I didn't have to. I just resonate very strongly with your story, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And when, once you start learning the language, you're like, hey, I don't have to be in this little box. I'm allowed to step outside of it. And there's actually a box over here for me. And maybe I'm going to erase a couple of the lines and I'm going to make it into a half circle square box. Like, you know, like we're just, I think that's the biggest learning for me is that I am beautiful no matter what identity I take on. And um, I just want other people to know that, that like we don't have to conform, especially as Indigenous people, right? Like you yourself as a Métis person probably experience a lot of complex issues around whiteness, around passing, right? And even for me, I'm not a visibly Indigenous person. I don't, I don't think I am. Some people tell me that I am, but I, I wear my braids and I, I wear my pretty little necklace and my beadwork to try and really make myself look Indigenous because sometimes I don't feel like I'm Indigenous enough. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm queer enough or two-spirit two enough. So when you start learning these words and realizing that there's community around these words and these identities, that's really uplifting. It's, it's awesome. So I'm glad that you found that at McEwen because we all deserve that. So what sort of barriers do two-spirit people face in this post-colonization society? I mean, homophobia is like the biggest one, right? Um, homophobia, transphobia, 
those are probably the biggest things because those are also laterally within our own communities as well. So it's not just outside of Indigenous communities, it's um, it's happening on reserve, it's happening in the city. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, our two-spirit kin will um, seek out different spaces to be able to get that support that they need, right? So coming into the city and looking for an organization like E2S to gain some support that they don't have on reserve. So that's a really big one. Um, it also really impacts like our mental health, right? Uh, 2S LGBTQ plus youth in particular are at much greater risk for suicide. Uh, and we're seeing in particular in our community, lots of overdoses um, and other mental health kind of impacts. Uh, and that's not even just related to the pandemic, but the pandemic has really heightened the inequities in our community. Um, and, you know, a lot of the typical things that queer and um, trans folks face. We face racism, we face discrimination, um, ostracization. So it's really about um, trying to educate our community to welcome us back into the circle. Uh, you know, so one of the big things that I think we don't really talk about is like ceremonies. Where do I sit when I go to a ceremony? Uh, do I have to wear a ribbon skirt because I'm a biological female, right? As a T-spare person, I might feel more comfortable just sitting in the middle and wearing a pair of pants. Um, and some ceremonies, depending on who's running it, um, they might not have some of these teachings. They might not be as inclusive. So um, it can be really difficult for us as T-spare people to find a place even within our own ceremonies. Yeah, I think that's a, a decent answer. There's a multitude of issues facing two-spirit people, um, but that journey of reconnection is uh, a life-saving effort, but it can also be a bit of a barrier as well, right? So if you don't have access to teachings and culture, how are you gonna receive this information? If there are any Indigenous people listening who might be questioning whether or not they might be two-spirit or anybody who currently identifies as two-spirit, what would you like to say to them? I love you. Like, honestly, I just love you so much. And I see you. I may not physically see you right now. And I'm emotional saying it, but you're valid. You're loved. You have space in ceremony. You have space on this land, in community, and you're welcomed. And we welcome you with open arms. Please come join us um, when you're ready and when you're able, uh, because not everybody is in that spot. And I'm crying now. They call me crying for a reason. Um, it, but really, uh, we see you and it's going to be okay. It's not always going to be easy. Um, and breaking down barriers within our own Indigenous communities is really hard. Uh, but I'm proud of you, no matter where you are in your journey. And I just hope that uh, when you're ready to reach out to us for some support or find another elder or knowledge carrier in your community um, that can guide you in a, in a good way and um, be gentle with yourself because you're awesome. <laughs> This is the things that I needed to hear, you know what I mean? Like when I think of myself as a youth living on the streets and struggling with meth addiction and unhoused, um, I just needed people to tell me that they loved me and they cared for me. And, and I was lucky enough that I got that. I got that from the Boyle Street Education Center. I got that from um, different community organizations. And that, that's what inspires my work now. Uh, I really just want to always be there for somebody who might need it because there were people that were there for me. And um, the biggest thing I needed to know was that I'm not, I'm, it's not my fault that the things that happened to me happened. And it's like not a mistake that I'm alive um, and that I'm going to do good things. And so I think other people sometimes need to hear that too, is that like, it's not your fault. You're okay. You're valid and you're loved and you're beautiful. 
is there anything else you'd like to talk about or expand on that I haven't asked you or maybe just anything you'd like to expand on that I have asked you? If people are looking to learn more, they can contact us and reach out. And if people are looking for direct support, like if you're a Two-Spirit um, person or a parent or loved one of a Two-Spirit person, you're not really sure, um, please just call and email us. Um, or you can even text me um, and we'll get you the support that you need, whether that be through a knowledge carrier or through myself or my colleagues. Cheyenne, thank you very much for sharing a bit of your journey with me and about what you do at the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society. Thank you so much. That's it for this week of Achimowin. Thanks again for our interview guests this week and last week, Cheyenne Miko Kihu, for speaking with me about the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society and Two-Spirit Identities. I'd also like to thank Cheyenne again for sharing some of their journey with me. In case you missed last week's episode, the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society has partnered with a local belt and mast company, Unbelts, and local artist Lance Cardinal, so that if you buy any Lance Cardinal-designed masks or belts in the month of June, a portion of those proceeds will be going directly to the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society. You can learn more about the E2S by going to e2s.ca, or find them on Twitter at e2s underscore two. I'm your host, Shayna Giles. Our theme is Come and Get Your Love by Redbone. Got any news you want featured on Achimowin or just want to reach out? Feel free to send me an email at achimowin at cjsr.com or use the hashtag achimowin on social media. Want to listen to this week's show again? Check us out on SoundCloud at cjsrfm and look for the Achimowin playlist. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a terrific rest of your day.